Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Field of 68's Best Bets here on YouTube, presented, of course, by Bet Rivers. I'm starting to get worn out by my Field of 68 appearances, Kai. This is three in 24 hours after doing After Dark last night. So I'm going to kick it over to you right away for a takeaway. I I don't Mm -hmm. know if there are any big games that are worth discussing last night. Uh, Hopefully you can enlighten me. Yeah, I don't know, Jim. I didn't see too much. Oh, wait. Mizzou. M-I-Z, Jim. Please say Z-O-U. That is the Z-O-U. custom. Z-O-U. Uh, we're fun. The Missouri Tigers are fun. If, if there's anything you take away from that game, it's this is a fun team. The number two offense in the country now per Ken Palm. Yeah, that's pretty good. It was one of, uh, I believe, is one of the best offensive performances ever against a Calipari-coached Kentucky team. That's a feather in our cap. Way to go, Missouri. And we should be ranked uh, next week for the first time. In nearly two years, Matthew, it's been nearly two years since the Tigers have been ranked. Frankly, it feels a lot longer than that. And I would say this is our best team. I say our alum here uh, since we were in college, Jim. It's been a long time. Top three offenses in the country, Arizona, a.k.a. Gonzaga Southwest, Mizzou, (laughs) and Gonzaga. How about that? How about that? That's your three. That's your three right there. We are Midwest Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I haven't co-signed that take quite yet. Yeah. You guys are good. Woohoo. Proud of both of you. Um, UConn is my takeaway to some degree. Um, They're not invincible. Albeit very close, but they're not invincible. I think we've seen some, uh, some ruffles in the feathers. Georgetown, not Villanova. You could argue that was a Villanova based game. And the fact that they've really maybe found their mojo with a uh, healthy Cam Whitmore, but UConn is awesome. I just don't think they are the uh, overlord titan that they certainly seem to be for the first four weeks of the, or eight weeks of the year. Yeah, I still think they're quite awesome. But yeah, maybe not like a super, I don't know. We talked about it last night. They're not like the best team in the last five years. They're maybe the best team this year. But compared to some of the elite teams of prior years, I don't know if UConn's quite up there. Mm. Weird to see Calcaterra only play seven minutes last night because he's been so good for them. Matt, I will spin that a little more Villanova. I think they're going to be right there for number two in the Big East. Their game plan last night was awesome. Try to slow it down, pound it inside against UConn's smaller guards, let Daniels just take off the bounce, force UConn to shoot over the top. UConn took 33s and 23 twos. Like, that is fantastic scheming by Villanova. Uh, other quick takeaways that I think Alabama is like a true national title contender. That team is fantastic. Really big road win at Mississippi State last night. The defense really showed out for the Tide. Big fan of the Crimson Tide this year. Uh, let's get started on the outline with the headliner from Conference USA, fellas. A big one. Real at-large implications on both sides here. Probably more so for FAU. But Kai, FAU headed to North Texas. Massive opener for the league here. Two teams in the top 60 at Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. These teams rock, man. Uh, how do you interpret this game right now? The spread is very close to pick North Texas by one and a half, two. Is it? I thought it got bet up. I, uh, I I saw it get bet up to two and a half for North Texas. Yeah, it was back down. Some FAU money this morning. Really? This oh, no, I see two yeah. and a half bet rivers right now. It's two and a half. 
Yeah. Uh, North Texas took money. A uh, little surprising. I don't know. I, I'm trying to make sense of it. Uh, they've dominated the league. Maybe that's part of it. Conference USA is their league under Grant McCaslin. Uh, but FAU looks legit, man. And they're currently higher in Kempom. Last year's game was close. It was a three-point win uh, by North Texas in a 56-possession game. For me, Matt, FAU seems to be on a mission. They're deep, super skilled, very good on both ends of the floor. And while North Texas's defense is always tough, their offense has known to struggle at times. If Tyler Perry's not doing his thing, they they struggle to score besides the offensive glass. They really rely on their phys- physicality. I lean FAU here plus two and a half. Uh, I think they're on a mission to get this done. Uh, I think they have a really good shot in that large, and I'm, I'm leaning towards the Owls. Yeah, I do too. It's it's not a good price at the current number at two. Three, you could talk me into it. Um, and when you're talking about a game, it's going to play probably, what, to like 120. Uh, every point, especially in that key number range, matters. I think this FAU team is all the way legit. I don't have any sort of fraudulent signs with North Texas. I just think this FAU team is that good. Um, so I lean their way, Jim. But uh, yeah, I just can't bet... At a uh, at this price against Grant McCaslin on the road just doesn't not not my appetite. Yep, yeah, I'm staying away because of the price, but I I'm fully in on FAU. And Kyle, you mentioned Tyler Perry and how else they score. Big man Abu Usman had 37 last game for North Texas, like kind of a shocking offensive breakout performance there. But FAU has a couple of bigs. They've got a two headed center monster that I think can compete with Usman down low. They've got really potent offensive weapons. Uh, this game tends to go under uh, unsurprisingly seven of the last eight between them have gone under that seems like a big time north texas trend but clearly fau is not able to speed them up or doesn't really need to speed them up to compete we'll see how that goes today but again like fau can have a real at-large case and i think they probably need to win this one uh get a get a q1 win here on the road but man uh it's it's going to be a good one i'm amped to watch some cusa hoop today All right, next one up, we're going to the WAC. Sam Houston headed to the mountains to play Utah Valley. Matthew, going to you first here. Two teams that have been kind of gangbusters in non-conference, both picked up some big wins. Sam Houston already won at Utah. Does that mean they're a viable option here to win at Utah Valley and get some revenge for last year? Yeah, that's the exact context I had written down here on my little notepad. Um, just the fact that Sam Houston's proved it can go into altitude and beat an objectively better team in Utah. I know Utah wasn't as good when they played them, but still you winning at Utah as a, as Sam Houston, it's just kind of speaks volume about how good Mr. Hooten has been down there. I don't have a hard lean. I think the price is pretty accurate here. Very similar to the FAU um, North Texas scenario where it's like two really good coaches, two teams I like a lot, make the price about right. Maybe have a slight lean to Utah Valley Kai, but certainly not mm. strong enough to fade the Sam Houston thing. Yeah. Number feels right. Two great coaches, two very underrated programs. Um, Utah Valley has been awesome. They just won at Oregon. They just won at BYU. And Sam Houston still has an outside shot in that large uh, bid. Very smart scheduling by Jason Hooten, uh, playing four non-D1 teams, not affecting that net at all, and wins at Oklahoma at Utah. That, that's pretty darn good for anybody, let alone a mid-major. It's a big size edge for Utah Valley, but man, Sam Houston plays hard. They scrap as much as any team in the country. Utah Valley takes away the three well. That's good in their favor. Sam Houston takes a lot of threes, and they also get to the line. Sam Houston, a little bit foul-prone. I think Utah Valley can exploit them there. I think altitude plays a factor. I know you mentioned Sam Houston took care of business at Utah. I still think it plays a little bit of a factor. I would lean towards Utah Valley in this game at the current number. Yeah, I, I had a road team lean here, but I don't like betting road teams in elevation. And even the the first home conference game, I always feel like 
it's a big like crowd welcome to this you know new season that we have going here um and, and utah valley i think i've been a little bit lower on them matt you talked about maybe a, a prior show how consistently we've been like whiffing on mark Matson, and it doesn't matter who's on that team they lose Fardaz Imac and Aziz Bandoago is like the, the you know the next coming. He's dominated. Yeah, he was a no one for Akron, and now he's like a dominant force. So yeah, he's a big man whisper for sure. Yep, has has consistently developed them. And while Sam Houston is excellent, they're more pressure. I, I think I'm concerned about them in the paint against uh, Bandoago. I believe Eziagu has missed the last two, or at least just the last one. I don't know if it was rest against a non D one, but they need him as a big body to compete in the paint. So I, I would assume he plays because it's conference and it, it, all he missed was a 81 point demolition of a non D one, but it is worth keeping an eye on to see if he's out there. All right. Proceeding to maybe some, uh, some redemption for Iowa after their embarrassing performance last time out dropped one to Eastern Illinois at home as 32 point favorites, always worth rehashing that embarrassment. Kai, now they go on the road, take on Nebraska Apparently, Chris Murray and Connor McCaffrey are going to be available. Mm-hmm. We don't know to what extent, how healthy they'll be, how much they'll play. Uh, but how much does that factor into your handicap, and, and how do you mm-hmm. see this one? A lot. Uh, line open pretty low, like two and a half. I was I was shocked. That's an overreaction to the EIU game. Yes, it was an awful game, but man, it's one game. I was still pretty solid, and gosh, Chris Murray, pretty important, guys. Could be an All-American this season. Uh, they played okay without him, but clearly – Caught up with him a little bit. And McCaffrey, a solid, solid uh, rotation player. Nebraska's no pushover, especially at home. Both teams, though, Matt, looking for their first conference win. Motivation on both sides. I think the Murray-Rabacha combo is too tough for Nebraska. They really rely on Derek Walker. I, I, I lean towards Iowa in that matchup, though they have been a bit of a sieve inside the paint, inside the arc, rather, and that's where Nebraska's kind of lived this year. At four and a half, it's a toss-up. I did lean towards Iowa at the lower price. Perhaps some home team edge from Nebraska here uh, is there is their key. Yeah, I agree. I had a hard Iowa lean at the lower price, but like, well, I think it's a strong bounce back spot. Obviously, it's it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, Iowa competed with EIU and won by like five or ten, but like you got boat raced at home. Like it's kind of a concerning thing. I know you're getting buried back today in McCaffrey. That should provide like a little bit of like a like emotional spiritual boost, um, which could help, but. I don't know. It's tough to say, oh, yeah, bounce back. I, it's, I can't fully ignore the fact that you just lost at home to EIU um, and gave up 93 points. Like, there might be something wrong with your defense that requires some serious correcting. Uh, and, again, the way Nebraska's playing at home right now, Jim, I'm not looking to fade them. If, if you're looking for, like, a bounce back kind of spot, though, I'd rather them lose to EIU than snooze through and escape and just be like, eh, whatever, we won. Who cares? Now they're, like, fully embarrassed by yeah, fair. they've fair. been laughed at repeatedly by every pundit including us uh i think they're maybe looking for some redemption like i said and, and chris murray is i mean not just important as an all-american but he's by far their best shooter peyton sanford's been terrible uh, has not made outside shots their second best perimeter shooter has been connor mccaffrey so they're missing both of those guys against eiu and well underperformed i think their their shot quality expectation in that game because quite honestly, they're missing the two guys that space the floor and open things up. I think there'll be a lot more uh, locked in defensively after sleeping through that EIU game. I'm kind of leaning towards a, a big Iowa win here, but I didn't bet it uh, at the number, which is frustrating to me. I probably should have gotten it lower. Now I'm going to be frustrated if they win big. All right, moving on. Go to the Big East here. Kind of bouncing around conferences. Not as not as steamed as Matt's usual outlines. Yeah, I, I apologize here, Matthew. Can't keep up. No. 
yeah, there's a lot of uh, whiplash for you between leagues. We'll, we'll go Providence at Butler here. Uh, Providence has won five of the last six against Butler, but they've only covered two of the last seven. Uh, and now we've got Thad Mata taking over. So maybe you throw out the history and it doesn't matter because Thad is a completely new level of coach at at that school. They're healthier. Ali Ali, Jalen Thomas back, Matt. How do you see this one shaping up? I almost made Butler my best bet, but I think if you've been watching the show, you know I've been backing Butler pretty uh, stubbornly all year. Thank you, Scott H. Yes, Butler is my second best bet today. Um, Even at minus three, I think it's still worth taking. Um, I got a little bit of minus two and a half, minus two this morning, but I have some at minus three. It's just Providence is not as good as I think the results indicate. Now the Marquette game looks a little bit better given how we're all in agreement that Marquette might just be awesome, but I still don't love some of Providence's early results this year. I think on the road, especially in Hinkle Fieldhouse, a perfect get right spot for Butler after the break. You got two key guys back, two key guys back last game, Ali Ali, Jalen Thomas, both up front, both should help that front line, especially defensively. Just a ton sets up for just a good Butler effort here. I think we've seen Butler play really well in good spots, Kai. The Kansas State game mm-hmm. sticks out. Um, like and the Yale game sticks out. Like a good favorable spot. You get a good Butler game. This is one of those tonight. You hit Butler. Yeah, markets on Butler makes sense. Uh, they should be pretty much fully healthy, which you mentioned a little bit. That's enormous. They're playing six guys for a really long time. And those two guys, Ali Ali and Jalen Thomas, they're huge for their for their front court. They're sitting at 0-2 in the league. They played the best two teams in the Big East. You're not going to beat UConn. No one is. Uh, Creighton, pretty good team and pretty awful spot for Butler in that situation spot, as well. Yeah. Providence, 2-0 in the league. Should have known better. Usually you want to back the the winless team against the undefeated team, especially when the former team is at home and the teams are about equal in the case tonight. And yeah, Providence barely gets by Seton Hall, barely gets by Marquette. I agree that that last one is a bit more impressive without Marquette's son, but I think it sets up for Butler really nice here. You have to keep Croswell and the Friars off the boards. I think you can do that with Ali Ali, Ali, Ali back and base not needing to play all 40 minutes. Um, so Butler in a highly motivated, great spot for them. Love the dogs here, Jim. Yeah, I'm going to echo what these guys said. Love Butler. Um, Scott in the chat saying he has minus one. I think there's a head fake on this game. Uh, opened like yep. two, got down to one yep. last night and then bet hard. I think people are just like, let's get this close to money line, not have to worry about this. I love catching head fakes. Yeah, if you can catch head fakes the night before, do it. Smart. Yeah, it's good yeah, bet as well. Um, so yeah, I'm in totally in agreement with these guys. I think Butler is, is definitely a, a good, strong play tonight, even at the current number. Oh, let's go to chat mob. Kai, I believe you are my czar. We don't have yeah. sorting through 80 games. So I'm, I'm excited about that. We'll start off with a Sunbelt question from Scott app state Marshall Matt, nine and a half. Now is the spread feels kind of high. What do you think? Uh, first felt high now nine and a half. I'm like, yeah, is it low? I don't know. I've Marshall's been awesome, but I'm not baiting. I'm not going to fade uh, app state right now. I just think that they figure to play uh, a more competitive road game here. First game of conference or early conference play. Jim, you've been to grand Canyon for a game. In fact, I think you saw Cal Baptist play them and they yeah, played tonight. Memory, wow, yeah. I have a great, yeah. You know, sometimes it works out six point spread for grand Canyon. What do you think? Hate laying it with Grand Canyon. I think they're just not a sharp favorite. I, I would assume Blackshire is more healthy, healthier at this point. He's been back, but they do not have Udreogo. Yeah. Transfer from Nebraska. They've been playing more Igehan, the Irish Hulk guy. Remember when he was going to be the next big thing at Louisville? <sighs> yeah, disappointing. Didn't crack up. Uh, didn't work out that way. There we go, Pat. <clears throat> I found a way to work in Louisville. Uh, but 
Cal Baptist, I think, is going to be feistier as a dog. I don't love them laying points because the offense is, frankly, not very good, which is weird for a, a Taron Armstrong-led team that you'd think has a lot of shooters. But I, I think they compete here. Cal Baptist and GCU, really big rivalry, by the way. These teams hate each other. There's mm-hmm. a big fan base rivalry. They're going to have a whole bunch of like flyers worked up, making fun mm-hmm. of each individual Cal Baptist player. Uh, I think this one stays close here. Matt, uh, Ted asks about the Bellarmine Liberty under. You can talk side as well if you want. Uh, total is 126, Bet Rivers, seven point spread. Yeah, it looks like Bellarmine took some money here, opened at eight down to seven um, most places. I would lean the Knights. I know that was they're coming off an absolutely terrible uh, performance last time out. I saw uh, who's their head? Davenport was like irate, like punching the the scores table. So it said like their effort was terrible. Um, Christmas break, have some eggnog, come back, reset, play better. Yeah, there's one thing that's really good for basketball. Yeah, one thing that's good for basketball is eggnog. That'll yep, that'll set you right. Jim in the horizon. Robert Morris is hosting Purdue Fort Wayne. This question's from Will. Two point spread in favor of the Mastodons. Yeah, Robert Morris has been a lot better this year. It seems like the roster rework that Andy Tool did uh, worked out very well. But this feels like Fort Wayne to me. Uh, when they're back down at this level of competition, they're so much better than when they're playing up. Uh, so I made it about what it is, but in my gut, it felt Fort Wayne-ish to me. Matt, Tim asks about Moorhead State and Tennessee State. I know you had a little lean in this one early. I did. I liked Moorhead. Yeah, I liked Moorhead at the opening number, but just kind of thought more about it and was like, I don't know if I trust this. I This conference, man, the OVC, especially this year, Tennessee Tech, good luck to those who are betting this conference with any sort of confidence. It's not me. It ain't me. Jim, on the West Coast, Fullerton is plus five at home against Santa Barbara, the Gauchos. Weird stuff going on on both sides here. Zach Harvey just entered the portal for Santa Barbara. He really hasn't been playing. So maybe mm-hmm. there's some addition by subtraction chemistry wise for him to get out of there. Um, I know they've got some potential injury question marks. And then Fullerton too had questions about right sell their point guard it was announced. He's going to give it a go. Shout out to Rocco Miller for, for tweeting that out, but I don't know if he's going to be fully healthy either. I just stayed away because there's too many moving parts in this one for me to feel confident. Matt, uh, from Paris, Steve Lavin is your favorite coach. He coaches San Diego. They're plus 15 and a half at St. Mary's. Any feel in this one? No, especially if uh, Delaire and Townsend are out again. I believe they are out. They're expected to be out for an indefinite amount of time. To me, indefinite sounds longer term. Unless you're Coach K. Unless you're Coach K, then it means tomorrow. Ha ha, head fake. Um, Yeah, I would lean St. Mary's here. The line's insane, but I'd lean St. Mary's. Uh, Ryan asks about LaSalle Howard. That starts pretty soon. I like Howard. LaSalle took money. I like Howard. No, no, no insight. No analytics there. Howard's way better now that they've got their whole roster back. Alec, Jim, twofer. You get the horizon game again. We'll we'll end with these two. Youngstown State, minus six against Cleveland State. Uh, I think Cleveland State's better as a dog, and they're gonna be feisty, but man, what was the last year every year or every game we're like, I guess Youngstown's just better than we thought, better than we thought yep, yep. over and over. Yep. Uh, so I'm I'm sitting that one out on the sideline. I want to see if Youngstown is like this true legit horizon contender. Sneaky home court for Youngstown there. I yep. don't think it's I don't think it's fun to travel to Youngstown, Ohio. Exactly. Matt, South Dakota, St. Thomas. South Dakota's a dog at home to St. Thomas. That's all I gotta say. What do you think? Yeah, if you bet South Dakota, um, good luck to you. I this team is just stinky right now. Not looking to get in the way of it, but my God, St. Thomas has a favorite on the road, basically a pick. I don't know. Makes no sense to me. I, Both teams' I, leading scorers are 
questionable probably back. Yeah. Rhodes probably I think back both sides Thomas. are bad. I think both sides are bad bets. How about that guy? South Dakota is one of the worst ATS teams in the country. Maybe you think of bounce back here, but who knows? All right. Back to the outline for Jim. I got more questions holstered. Good. That a boy. Holster him. Holster away. All right. Let's take Colorado. The, the Buffaloes we've had a hard time figuring out here. They're headed to Stanford. I think Matt, we would uh, maybe appropriately call Stanford a bit of a disappointment this year. I just have no clue how to handle both these teams right now, which means I'm staying far away. Do you have a stronger take on this? I like Stanford at the number. I do. Um, uh, it's just in Pac-12 play. I, I like to bet the home teams generally when they're in a good spot, kind of bounce back on un, unexpected spot. This feels like the right spot for Stanford, like good Stanford game, which we know they can play. Um, I still trust their point guard play, and I don't think that's resolved at all, but I, I still there's enough talent here to catch a Colorado team on the road, uh, maybe a little bit sleepy after the break here. Yeah, this Stanford team isn't good. Um, it's pretty typical <laughs> of, of Jared Haas, right? They're pretty solid on defense. They're awful on offense. They've failed to uh, win every single major contest they've been in this year. They're 0-7 against top 100 teams. Haas is basically coaching for his job. These teams are both 0-2 impact impact 12 play. While Colorado's been up and down, they still have a chance to make the tournament. That Tennessee win, it, it looks fantastic. Uh, one of the best wins in the country right now. And I think they're a lot better. KJ Simpson's been a stud all year, should be fully healthy. Uh, uh, this team, sorry, should be fully healthy after missing Levering last game. He's back. I think the Buffs D can shut down Stanford and on offense. I think they can find some stuff with Simpson, with the Silva. I lean towards the Buffs here, Jim, plus two and a half. Yeah, Stanford's kind of maybe shade, but they're kind of Florida West right now where they can't beat a team that's in the top 100. They just haven't can't yet. Do it. And it's a problem. You're going to need to do that eventually. Uh, the thing is, Golden's in his first year and Hass is in his like eighth year. You need to be able to start getting those big wins at some point. Uh, I think they're a little outclassed athletically on the perimeter. KJ Simpson could have a big game getting by uh, O'Connell and, and Mike Jones. Just don't know those guys are able to stay in front. Uh, so, yeah, lean to Colorado, but I just do not trust them at all. So, sitting that one out, uh, I'll, I'll save my money for some other Pac 12 games later. Let's go WCC here. San Francisco, Santa Clara, Kai, very nearby. Not a lot of travel for these two teams. So that's big time. Um, San Francisco has looked really sharp lately at coming off that demolition of Arizona State. They destroyed Hartford coming across the country. Do you think they can keep that rolling at the Santa Clara team who had a pretty strong effort last time out as well? Yeah, both teams are, are actually still in play for Nat large. If you really look at, look at their resumes, it's not impossible. Uh, both teams are very talented. I knew Matt was going to mention geography here, so I looked it up. You're right, Jim. It's very short. It's less than an hour drive. Shouldn't be a lot of home court here. Um, I think Santa Clara has more sheer talent. They have a front court edge for sure. The back court's pretty close, but their their wings are excellent. Uh, the coaching situation, Matt, I would say is a wash. But I do like San Francisco's coaching analytics. They have a strong analytical approach. That's key against Santa Clara. They take away the three. And Santa Clara hasn't done well at taking that away this year. They've been struggling guarding the perimeter. I think it's a pretty fair line, but I would lean towards the Dons plus two if you forced me. Yeah, it's up to three at some spots now. I, I don't know what I missed. Uh, Chat mob, if you have information on why Santa Clara has taken some money that I was not expecting, um, do enlighten us. I, I like the Dons a lot here. I really do. Kai, Mr. NorCal Geography Master, is now finally starting to understand the Bay Area. And yes, it is very close. You mentioned the data 
uh, edge that the Don's used. Uh, let's tip our caps to Mr. Sendak. He's a big data uh, investor as well. He's all about playing uh, the money ball, if you will. But you're right. They haven't really defended the three, which is kind of a key uh, linchpin of of the way those um, analytics guys usually coach. I have some questions about Santa Clara's defense. Um, and it's the biggest question mark on either side for either team. And that is kind of leaning me uh, pretty hard here toward the Dons. Why am I not adding more, Jim? What am I missing uh, here? Rest. Rest is on ah, good. Okay. I'm definitely adding. I'm definitely adding more than that's good. Rass also uh, is on the other side of a, another bet today that we'll mention later. All right. Good. Looking forward to it. Um, I don't know if some of that Raz money has to do with Zane Meeks missing last game for San Francisco. I thought that was going to be more preventative uh, playing Hartford. He was able to suit up the prior game. I would expect to see him back for a conference game, but perhaps they know something I don't uh, in that one. I would also lean towards they San don't. Francisco with the lack of travel. Um, I think we are, we're uh, punching back a little bit against the market there. Willingly. Let's do it. All right, next up, Tulane at Cincinnati. Kai, I don't know if I realized this until I was just looking at ATS standings before getting on the show. Tulane, 2-9 and nine against the spread this year. Hmm. A team I think we entered the year hoping to like, but yeah. computer systems were very high on them, and it was just hard to get them to that level, especially with some of the injury issues they've had, especially Jalen Cook. Now they go to Cincinnati. Sometimes they've been able to give Cincinnati problems with the trapping zones and, and the sometimes lack right. of ball handling, no fantasy for Cincy. What do you think? Yeah, two teams I really like and, and really well coached, in my opinion. I think Cincy's good enough to play in the dance, but they've failed to notch a marquee win in non-con, so their only chance right now is American or, or doing well in the American. T- Tulane, yeah, weird losses on the resume. I know Cook was out for a bit, but still dropped 30 spots in Kempom. Definitely have underachieved couple head scratching losses since he has a lot of athletes, but I think Tulane should, shouldn't be too deterred by that, Matt. Uh, the question for Cincy is, can they handle that Hunter zone? They've been good against zones this year, but it's always pretty tricky whenever you face uh, Ron Hunter, whenever he faces Tulane team, the one angle here, if you want Tulane one at Cincy by eight last year, a little bit of a revenge angle. I know Cincinnati's a lot better this season. Line feels about right at five. I don't want to fade either team. So I stayed away. Yeah, I can't get a read on either team right now. Uh, I generally like both teams, but I haven't been super, um, I guess, reinforced and confidence-wise with some of their efforts. Like, I just think a little bit of inconsistency on both sides, injuries on both sides, probably derailed uh, their non-con at times. Not disastrous non-cons by any stretch, but uh, certainly with some flaws we probably weren't expecting preseason. I don't know, Jim, kind of a stay away to me. It's a high number, uh, 150 total. Like I think since he's willingness to run up and down is probably surprising people this year. So I'd be... Uh, leery about taking the under if you looked at that and reacted like I did when I first saw it. Yeah, and Cincinnati without uh, Newman and Finnessy, I think two are better defenders. defenders yep. I think is, is a part of that. If this was up a little higher, I think I'd be interested in Tulane. They're getting like seven. Uh, just felt, oh, three scores. I think they keep it close there. Tulane's not really a, a quit. They're not a never. They're not a die team. No, they will. They'll foul forever. Yep, which also impacts that total. Uh, if this game is around the spread range of five late, there's going to be a lot of fouls, layups, mm-hmm. fouls, layups, back and forth. Uh, so that would, that would give a, a slight lean to the over. Uh, but I did not bet this game because five I, I felt was about right. Cincinnati, slightly better team. Give them some home court. Boom. That's where we land. All right. We're going full circle on the outline here, all the way back to CUSA, Matthias, Middle Tennessee at Charlotte. Charlotte's been great this year, really nothing short of great. Finally getting the Ron Sanchez impact we thought we'd see, um, given the the Tony Bennett background that he has. 
Middle Tennessee, an ultra feisty team, uh, one of the best ATS teams in the country last year, uh, and they're still relatively feisty this year. We don't know Igor Milicic's status for Charlotte, but does that swing it for you, Matt, or do you have a, a lean? I have a very strong gut lean toward Middle Tennessee, but I'm sort of scarred from two similar gut leans I played yesterday. Uh, short road conference dogs are basically favorites right around Pickham with Bradley and um, and Illinois State. It, I don't know. It, if the number's sharp, first game of conference, I'm not going to force a play here. My gut does scream Middle Tennessee. I just think they're the better team right now. As good as Charlotte's been, I still think this Blue Raider team's legit. I do too. Raz took Charlotte. Thanks, Raz, for the better line in Middle Tennessee. I like the Blue Raiders here. Um, they've been a whack-a-mole for me, admittedly. I mean, they smoked Rice. They got smoked at Missouri State. They beat Hofstra, SFA, Montana State. They lost to St. Bonaventure. They beat Belmont out on the road. They lost Chattanooga at home. They smoked Murray State. It's a very uh, topsy-turvy sort of team this year. And Charlotte's been good. They've had a couple of missteps, but mostly they've been consistent. And they're going to crawl this game. Slowest tempo in the country. This game's usually pretty low possession. Middle Tennessee's lack of shooting and their need to score inside the arc is a major matchup challenge here. I will admit that. Charlotte packs it in. They're great on defense. It's going to be hard to score. But on the other, on the other end, there is regression coming from the three-point line, right? Charlotte can't shoot well forever. Middle Tennessee can't be allowing this type of uh, percentage forever. It's a pure number lean for me with Middle Tennessee at, at plus two and a half. Wouldn't be shocked if Charlotte wins, but I think Middle Tennessee could still be the better team. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning Middle Tennessee too. I, I don't, we've kind of discussed a little internally, but like I felt like Charlotte was a big overachiever in, con- in non conference play mm-hmm. and maybe trends back down mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm very, I would say I'm fairly confident in guessing that Raz is on this because they felt like they had the Milicic news coming back before anyone else. And so they're right. yeah. thinking they'd have line value on that. He's um, been important I, for sure. I, yeah. yeah and he's been to. really good. Like, no, no question about that. But even with him in, how I have both these teams rated. I, I think there there might be a slight edge on, on middle Tennessee getting three. If you get that whole possession, uh, I think there's something might be something there. All right, Kai, I know you've continued to collect questions. I have chat mob part two. What do you got? We're going to start off with SIU and Murray state. Uh, I don't know why don't ask me, but I like Murray state a lot in this game at pick the Valley coaches uh, voted this, the strongest home court in the conference kind of funny yeah, because they're a new team to the Valley, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a strong home court. Um, I think Valley team is going to play very well at home this year. I think they usually do. Um, so I like Murray state here at, at pick. Yeah, they turn out great. I think I heard Prom saying they're like five, 6,000 fans for, I mean, that's a big turnout yeah. for Valley. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's one it, of those like only show in town. They adore. Yeah, They Murray love state the program. Team. Sure. Yes. Love that. Hey, Matt Chattanooga hey, is on the road at Citadel seven point spread. Uh, I took Chattanooga first half. Um, I didn't like the full game number. It just kind of felt like backdoorish to me, if that's a word. It is now. So I took first half with uh, the fighting Danerals against a, I don't know, sort of uninspiring defensive Citadel team. Matthew in the chat asks about Austin P and Queens. This one's up to seven, Jim. Oof. It's high. I I wonder if Austin P is ever going to get Sean Robinson back. Uh, <sighs> I know. Preseason, we thought maybe he was their best player. Haven't really been able to find a, a serious scoop on that. Queens is awesome. They're they're really, really good. I think they can give Austin P problems handling the ball. Uh, Queens turns them over and then gets going in transition. The runs kind of start to snowball. But it's just too high for me to back the, the Royals in their A-Sun debut. Got a few from Cody here, Matt. We'll start with high point at Longwood. Four points spread here. Um, I agree with the money. I thought the opener felt high given how good Longwood's been. Uh, but now it's about right. Longwood minus four. I think they're slightly better 
than high point, as good as high point's been still. Home court worth something. Should play to a high number. Uh, both these teams like to get super athletic for like two of the most athletic low major, mid major mm-hmm. teams in college basketball. Um, but nothing for me. Longwood's still hoping to get Houston and Leslie N back. I don't know when that Leslie was. Han, our guy. Jim, BYU and Pacific from Cody. Six and a half now. Uh, you, you have to think maybe there's some BYU revenge going here after the embarrassing loss they took to Pacific last year that maybe fully <laughs> derailed their uh, at-large hopes. That was the, the Q4 loss, the scar on their resume. And BYU has seemed to trend up lately. Uh, they've been playing better. I know they didn't cover against Weber State, but maybe that was a little bit more about how good Weber State's been. I, I think they've figured out their perimeter pecking order a little bit here. Uh, I would lean towards BYU. Matt Evansville, scrappy little dog there. Plus 16 against ISU Blue. Shirts fans were not happy with Indiana State's most recent performance. Who do you got? Yeah, I wouldn't either. He lost a home to Northern Illinois. Um, I took Evansville here. This is kind of scary backing a team like Evansville who just really has no offensive firepower. I can't believe they've competed in some of these games. I think Raglan's done a great job with a really watered-down patchwork roster. Uh, But ISU Blue Kai really in a rut right now. I think mm. it continues today. Uh, Rice and Western Kentucky, mainly a question about the over, Jim. We know Rice games can tend to be pretty high scoring. Do you have a take there? Yeah, I would lean towards the over in that one. I think WKU has been super erratic. Rice has looked good lately. And yeah, they're way better offensively than defensively. It's probably somewhat priced into the number, but I like to yeah. see that get up and down. Metric Panda. He asks about Northern Colorado against Matt's Weber State Wildcats. I'll tell you what, Matt, my number says Northern Colorado, and I stayed away because I respect Weber's newfound uh, ability, we'll say. Yeah, I think the price is right. Um, the market's quickly adjusted for Weber's last couple of games, I'll say. I thought mm-hmm. I was still very high on them, but to see me only uh, to be aligned with the market at minus three and a half, I think tells tells the story there. So nothing for me, Jim. I think both those teams are buy teams right now. That's what I would say. Bye, bye, bye. Jim, Georgia State hosting James Madison. The market took this one down. I was a little bit surprised. It's now five and a half. What do you think? Yeah, it's a little bit in that lens of non-conference mega overachiever. James Madison has blown some teams out, and that has made yes. them look really good in metrics. Georgia State, I feel like, should be a good dog. They play slowish. They've got a really good point guard. I think Jonas Hayes is a solid coach. So I would lean that way too, but down at five, I'm a little more hesitant to to fade James Madison. From Trevor, South Alabama and Georgia Southern. Uh, I like South Alabama here. I think they're the much, much, much better team. I'm not a believer in Georgia Southern. Uh, it just felt a little bit short to me at three. It's up to three and a half. Probably wouldn't take it there. I like the three. Matt, last one here. Another Sunbelt question. Arkansas State at Old Dominion. This one's a double-digit spread. Yep, it felt high to me. Arkansas State has not been very good, but I think 11 points um, where the talent doesn't feel like it's that big. I guess I lean the Red Wolves, but I'm not looking to bet them. Uh, looks like we got a buzzer here. UMBC, Maryland. I lean towards Maryland. I didn't take it. I'm staying away from these big spread games till further notice. What's the total? Sounds like an over. Uh, I don't know, Matt. 145, over. Boom. I like that. I feel like it's okay. points galore, right? What are we missing there? Every, the UMBC has missed a shot in three weeks. Uh, no such thing as trap lines in college basketball or any sport. Okay, Kai's best bet. I'm going to start us off. Portland minus two is my best bet. Rass is on the other side. Beware. Um, I'm a big believer in the pilots, especially in WCC play. They should get to the line constantly against Loyola Marymount. 
Uh, Ligon's game planning offensively is among the best in the country. I think he can outduel Stan Johnson. It's mainly a gut feel. It's also mainly me thinking Portland's a better team and minus two is short. Portland minus two is my best bet to Matt. Uh, cover your eyes bet for me here. I'm taking the Oakland Grizz laying one point against Milwaukee. Um, Oakland should probably get Jalen Moore back today. It sounds like he's been practicing. Um, even if they don't, I, I still think this is a tough spot for Milwaukee, who hasn't played since December 11th. They had, I believe, one or two games canceled because of COVID issues within their opponent team. So I think there's an inflection point where being the more well-rested team is good for you, but then you've been off for, I don't know, close to three weeks. It's probably not a good thing, especially coming off Christmas break. I think they come out a little bit uh, rusty, jittery, sloppy, uh, especially for their first conference game, a lot at stake. Um, so I like the Grizz here. I'm taking the experience, uh, all 50 years of it, Mr. Campy. Yeah, that is a, got a lot. A gulp bet with how bad Charlotte's been. Not it's been they kind of do this every year, right? Like, yeah, was it Oakland was awesome. Ago? They were awesome they were... in conference last year until more got hurt. They were awesome in conference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I got a two pack of unders. No surprise here. Uh, I couldn't find any I liked yesterday, but I got a couple today. Lindenwood and Eastern Illinois. Under at 138, 138 and a half. Uh, we'll go 138 for the actual official show listing here. Eastern Illinois coming off that win against Iowa, where Iowa did not play any defense. I think they see a little bit more of a, a tougher slowdown game starting conference against a team that uh, is new to Division One. I. I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a drag out fight. The EIU offense has to trend down after that performance. And then Eastern Washington to Montana under 141. That's my other one. Ewash is a completely different team than normal. They're big at every position. They're not as potent offensively. They're more defense. And I think against the Montana team, that's completely strong in the paint or more heavy weighted towards the paint. I think we get a bit of a brawl inside here. So under 141, Eastern Washington and Montana. That's it. That wraps it up. Love it. That's the show for today. That is our Thursday show. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, I believe. Right. Yep. Uh, is that true? Well, We'll sort out schedule. We'll, we'll get yeah. it sorted out. We'll I think it is. Know. I think we're back. Up. We had a couple of days off earlier this week, so yeah. I assume we'll be back. Talking a lot think, of Mac right. tomorrow. Uh, and then a huge slate Saturday. So looking forward to that. Thank you, chat, for tuning in. Always good to have you guys making your presence felt here. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Good luck tonight. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.